Well, good morning, LCM. Good morning. Today is Sunday, October 25th, 2020. In light of the past messages that we've had, such as heavenly high ground, dangerous to the enemy from their conference, taste and see, the building ideas that we are given a divine vantage point that allows us to accomplish exactly what the Father's will desires. The main idea from the sermon, Taste and See, is that the Lord gives you a sample of what is to come so that now you have the manly vigor to go fight for it. The very next step then is to get instructions from your commanding officer. We covered in discipleship training last Friday, the Christian at war. We talked about the armor of God and preparing for battle by putting on that armor. In doing so, you are aligning your heart and mind with heavenly weaponry. And you're going over the strategy to win with your commanding officer. The most overlooked item of this heavenly armor, this weaponry, is prayer. See, Ephesians 6 lists it out, but everyone always forgets that last item. And it's a unique kind of prayer. It's prayer in the Spirit. It's praying in the Holy Ghost. That's why we kicked off our sermon the way that we did. We want to go back to the fullness of the armor of God so that we can accomplish the will of God. In light of that, last Wednesday, our sermon and service ended with being renewed by a fresh baptism in the Spirit. Were you guys refreshed and renewed? This was a call to be filled with dunamis power and then to go out and live as martus, martyrs for Christ, dying every day so that other people can live. Church, what you've been called to is a dangerous life. You've been called to be dangerous to the enemy. And this dangerous lifestyle is specifically designed to produce soldiers for the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. That's why you're here. You're not here as a club. You're not here as a group. You're here to become warriors in line that are fighting for the kingdom of heaven. In any army, every soldier, each and every soldier is given their standard issue. The clothing, the weaponry, the equipment that will become, that they will need to possess, that they'll need to develop and become familiar with, and they'll need to master for their own survival. Soldiers become dependent upon their standard issue as they should. Everybody turn with us to 1 Chronicles chapter 12. 1 Chronicles chapter 12. And we're going to start in verse 1. It says this. These were the men. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. These were the men who came to David at Ziklag. While he was banished from the presence of Saul, son of Kish. They were among the warriors. Are you catching our theme this morning? Oh, yeah. Are you understanding that God has a plan for you to be, be victorious? But it is through a warrior-like engagement with what God has given you. These were among the warriors who helped him in battle. They were armed with bows and were able to shoot arrows 
or to sling stones right-handed or left-handed. Mm. They had weapons in their right hand and their left hand, and they knew how to use them. That's right. See, these were the men who came to David, and they were given. They arrived with their standard issue. Mm. They were prepared for battle. They were dressed for battle, and they had the mentality that was right to be a warrior in battle. These men are warriors. Somebody say warriors. Warriors. Really, warriors start at a very basic step through basic training, right? Upon arrival, we all seen the movie scenes, right? The, the heads get shaved, change of clothes. Your identity is stripped from you, every bit of it. And then you proceed and you stand in line, you know, with no means of badge or honor at all. You're standing in line and you receive your standard issue. From that point forward, a warrior or soldier is inseparable from his standard issue. It's what's with them when they train. It's what's with them when they march, when they eat, when they sleep, at all parts of the day. It becomes a unified part of who they are. And here's the key. They stay alive because of that union with it. Well, just as a soldier is to have a daily dependency on the standard issue given them and the direction from his commanding officer, so we are to have that same level of dependency. Our own will, our own direction cannot dictate what we think we need. That's the whole point of going through basics training and receiving a standard issue. We choose, or we, we cannot dictate what we choose to die for. We must daily depend on the standard issue given by our king. In order that we know what we're looking to fight and die for. That brings us to the title of today's sermon. It's Standard Issue. Standard Issue. How is it that you know that that is a soldier? Because he's in his standard issue. That's right. Even if you didn't have the American flag on the side, you could tell if you understood standard issue enough exactly what country this man was from. Because he becomes inseparable with what he has been issued, the standard issue. Everybody turn with us to Numbers chapter 15. Numbers chapter 15. There you go. Standard Say standard issue when you get there. Numbers there 15 go. and verse 13. Everyone who is native born must do these things in this way when they present a food offering as an aroma pleasing to the Lord for the generations to come whenever a foreigner or anyone else living in among you presents a food offering as an aroma pleasing to the Lord they must do exactly as you do whoa hang on now oh the community is to have the same rules for you and for the foreigner residing among you. This is a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. You and the foreigner shall be the same before the Lord. The same laws and regulations will apply both to you and to the foreigner residing among you. Now, I know that every one of you woke up with Numbers 15 on your heart and mind today. I mean, I got it. Y'all were locked in. Y'all are already there with us. What moved our hearts as we're studying for this is the standard issue that's given here. This is for the native born. If you came from here, if you're part of God's people, this applies to you. If you're a foreigner, you didn't start here, but you got here as quickly as possible. I got to Texas as quickly as I could. Amen. I lived in Louisiana for a long time. I got here as quickly as the Lord allowed me. See, I'm a foreigner to Texas. 
And it says even those who are, who are among you, they're living among you in a different kind of way. Anybody else, whether you're native born, a foreigner. Hey, by the way, how many people born outside the United States here in this room? Raise your hand. I love this. See, it doesn't matter whether you were born here, you're native, or you're a foreigner, or you're just somebody who's here today. These same yeah. rules apply to you. There is a yeah. one singular standard issue that we all get. Yep. You don't get something different than I get. I did not get a different standard issue than what you already have, what you've been given. By the way, this is for the generations to come. Yeah. It's not only for those of us who are here. It's got to last through the generations because it's for the generations to come. This is their standard issue as well. You might as well learn to live with it because they're going to need to learn to live with it because it's what God has assigned. By the way, while we're talking about standard issue, you understand that the reason that a soldier is given standard issue is because it's already been determined what they need to survive. Hey, we've already got this figured out. I'm going to tell you exactly what you need. Your commanding officer comes. God himself says, I know what you're going to need to be victorious in battle. And I'm giving it to you ahead of time. You may not understand it. You may not even know how to put it on yet. But I'm telling you, you're going to have to become familiar with this. Because this is what's going to save your life, allow you to be victorious, and come home alive back to your family. Somebody say standard issue. Standard issue. We got to have standard issue that we become familiar with here in this place. And you've got to do it exactly. We must do it exactly as the standard issue is given. Precision is the key. (laughs) When you're talking warfare, everybody wants to start talking about horseshoes and hand grenades. Let's just get it close. (laughs) No, there's a precision that's been given to you. No deviation in how your offerings are to be given. This is going to cause you and your generations to die. There can't be a deferment in how you, and when you give your offerings, this is going to cause you and your generations to find destruction instead of life. There can't be devilish distinctions between how you do this and how the standard has been set. That's going to cause defections for you and your family. Yeah, that's, that's better than how you're reacting. Hmm. Let me give you the little secret to the ones who are successful in this place and successful in the kingdom. They're the ones who get the standard issue and they treat it exactly as they're supposed to. Yeah. The ones who want to find it and go, yeah, this doesn't quite fit. I think I'll lighten my backpack. I think I'll add something because you might not have thought of everything. Those are the ones who end up being removed and removing themselves. Yeah. They defect from what God has for them. See, you and the foreigner have the same standard. I love that. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you think you've been given because you've been given the right amount with a standard issue. This is going to be a lasting ordinance. (laughs) A lasting ordinance. An eternal impact. See, God's standard issue is going to provide for you the precise coordinates. Somebody say precise. Precise. Today, we're going to help you find precise coordinates for you to aim the ordinances of heaven at. You're going to find the coordinates from heaven so that you can launch the ordinances of heaven. We're not just talking about getting it close today. Look at me, church. We're going to help you today. We're going to find some precision. What you heard from the word of the Lord, what you heard in prophecy and tongues and interpretation today. Men who are led by the spirit, but who did not know what we're preaching about are preaching this to you already. 
It's because God wants you to get precise in your understanding of the standard issue that you've been given and that you can live like a warrior with it. Amen. No more cloudiness for the men and women in this room. Not after a day like today. Because you're going to find precision in what God is calling you to do. Somebody say, standard issue. Standard issue. I want to build on this. The, the word that the Lord has given your pastors and giving you is that it's a call for everyone sitting in this room to get precision. It is a mandate from heaven that you grow in your precision, knowing the coordinates of heaven so that your life, your family's life is deeply impactful by the kingdom of God here on earth. Y'all realize that standard issue saves lives? That somebody had to pioneer and go through the process of determining what was the best course of what standard issue should be for all the other generations of soldiers after them. Adapting to various types of warfare, knowing precisely what is required to save lives and to advance the mission. What we're going to do this morning is that we're going to help you increase your precision. We're going to help you understand the standard issue that God put inside of your hands. No man, no woman is exempt from this standard issue because no man, no woman is exempt from being precise with the things of God. Let's all turn to Judges chapter 7. We're going to start in verse 16. Put a marker in your Bible because this is going to be our main text that we will come back to several times. Verse 16, dividing the 300 men into three companies, he, he placed trumpets, say trumpets, trumpets, and empty jars, say empty jars, in the hands of all of them with torches inside, say torches, torches. See, we're all very, very familiar with this passage. This is Gideon, Gideon's 300, right? Well, how did it come to be with that 300? We're all very familiar. You have the Midianite army. This is the very army that Gideon is hiding from when God finds him. He then calls Gideon to stand up on his feet, begin to act like the man of God that he is called to be. And he gets a trumpet and he sounds it to the nation of Israel. You have clans from the tribe of Manasseh that respond. A certain clan called Abiezer. God is my help that respond and come to him. 32,000 show up. And with that 32,000, the odds of men on one side of Israel, the men on the Midianites is a one to four ratio. They're outnumbered four times. God looks at that 32,000. He said, too much. And there's a precise reason why God says it's too much. He said, because when the battle's all done, you will think you accomplish this by your strength. You will rob me of my glory and what I want to do to display my precise name on earth through you. So I'm going to whittle you down. I'm going to trim you down. You're going to lose some weight. Everybody can say amen to that. What God does is that he sets up a series of events that trim them down from 32,000 to 300. 0.1%. It turned the odds from four to one to now 450 to one. 
Uh, it was an impossibility with four to one as it is. Maybe a, a 2% chance of winning. But now God's decreased it to 0.1%. See, what the Lord was telling Gideon is that there need to be a removal of the strength of his army in order to increase the precision of God getting the glory. That's a word for us this morning. A removal of our own strength so that it's a certainty that God's going to get the glory. And did you notice as we began in verse 16, even with the 300 men that are left, it says dividing the 300 men into three companies. So wait, the the 300 guys that I do have with me, we're going to now break them apart and put them in different positions. Even greater removal of strength so that God gets the glory. See, in addition to now the three companies, there is no presence of natural strength. Not by numbers and not by armament. No sword. Remember we, we, we sounded it out earlier. Trumpets, empty jars, and torches. No man has a sword on his side. No strength. But just these three things. This was the standard issue for every one of those 300 men. God didn't allow them to have any strength of their own. It's basically the equivalence of, hey, we're going to take this marching band and a fiery flag corps, and we're going to go to battle. There's 450 to 1 odds. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Might have a slight relevance to somebody on the stage here. Wait a minute. (laughs) I'm going to conquer you with my clarinet. Okay. One hundred. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Literally, yeah, there's three groups of one hundred. But just imagine if that was you, right? You had passed the muster. You've gone to being part of thirty-two thousand people, two thirty-two thousand men that were warriors, and now you're standing there as one of the hundred in a company that it comprises the three hundred. And God says, go out with a trumpet, with an empty jar, and a torch. Look, I mean, I'm brave and all, but that's that's some chutzpah right there. The position that it puts you in is, I need to know precisely what you want me to do with this marching band here. I need to know exactly how to carry this out. This is a standard issue, but it's also addressing something in their hearts that is a standard issue. It's a double entendre. So you have the standard issue of what God gave them, but it tested their hearts to see if they would actually have an issue with the very standard that God gave. What happens? says, hey, I've called you to do great things, to overcome insurmountable odds, and these are the only tools you get to use. I don't want to do it that way. I have an issue with the standard issue. Oh, we're going to preach it. And we're going to overcome it. They were not allowed to have anything more or less 
than what they were given. You understand that? The standard issue is trusting in only what has been put in your hands. Nothing more, nothing less. Because they had to depend upon the precise nature in what God would accomplish through what he put in their hands. Come on, man. That's good stuff. Let's look at the next verse. It gets even better. Yeah. This is how Gideon instructed his men. Watch me. He told them, follow my lead. Mm. When I get to the edge of the camp, you do exactly what I do. Yeah. Come on. This is exactly what you need to hear today. You got to understand that you've been given a standard issue and you can't take issue with the standard. That you have to understand that you don't need more, you don't need less than what God has given you. Yeah. And with all due respect, you can do a lot with a marching band. <laughs> Sound that out, man. <laughs> but it's as silly as thinking that you're going to go into war with a marching band. That's, that's what makes that a silly analogy. You're like, wait, no, that would be just as ridiculous. And yet that's what God set them up with. And that's exactly what they needed. But listen to how they're supposed to use the standard issue. Mm -hmm. You got to watch the standard issue. You got to watch the standard issue that I've been given because you've been given the exact same thing. All 300 of the men had the exact same weaponry. You got to do, you got to watch what's been going on because you've been given the exact same material. It's been placed within your hands, but you got to do more than watch. You have to follow my lead as I daily engage, as I daily walk with the standard issue that both you and I have been given. There is no difference. Quit separating yourself from someone else because you think you have a different assignment. You think you've been given a different standard issue than what the kingdom of God has been given. You have not. Come on. You've been given exactly what you need. But more than just watching, more than just following the lead, the whole point, the whole progression, the whole movement is that you begin to do exactly what you've been given to do. Exactly what you're seeing someone else do. No lag time. None. You realize if you're playing follow the leader as a kid, there's a little bit of a lag time in there. The leader is going and you're steps behind. The point was, watch me. Follow my lead so that you can then do exactly what I'm doing, Tisdale. With no lag time, with no delay, with no questions, because you've been trained exactly. Precision is the key on the battlefield. Do exactly what you've been instructed. This is a well-orchestrated, complicated plan. So you need to do exactly. You don't get to make your additions or edits to this. You've got to do exactly. Precision is key. Everybody say the word precision. Precision. Do you want to know how to get precision? Yeah, that's why we're preaching this morning. I want to give you some very clear points of how to get precision and how the standard issue helps you get there. Step one. Everybody say one. Put away your strength and pride. This is the most crucial and fundamental step of how to get precision because it is removing the very hindrances of you sticking to the standard issue. God required Gideon to trim down the number of fighting men because we all have a nature, men and women alike. 
a nature that likes to over-prepare. It brings security. It brings comfort. I mean, we gotta, we got to be doomsday preppers for every doom. <laughs> Fill up basement upon basement, every area with contingencies. God said to Gideon, no. I do not give you the ability to prepare for every contingency. We said, you got to depend on me. So we had a great conference last week, right? What did it look like when you guys were packing for that conference? Was it preparing for every contingency? Particularly having been one myself, uh, I remember the days when I just had one kid. And when ha- when I had one kid, we'd go somewhere. I I had to get a U-Haul trailer to put on the back of the vehicle that I had to carry all of the extra equipment just in case something went awry with my one and only child. I mean, I remember standing at the hotel in Dallas Fort Worth. I'm, I'm looking down over the little atrium, see a family that has one kid and two uh, carts to wheel up their stuff to the room. One and a half of those carts is the baby's stuff, and half of one cart is their own. <laughs> then I turn around and I see Zeke Lamb and his family. <laughs> the plethora of children that they have, and I look out, and you could fit all of his family members and their luggage into a Kia. <laughs> I mean, the car, not the minivan. <laughs> and I go, oh my gosh. This is our tendency. We want to over-prepare. We want to be sure that we don't have to depend on anybody or anything and know for certain that everything's going to be okay. See, there's, there's this just-in-case clause. But I want to finish what that just-in-case looks like. It's just in case God doesn't come through. That's what the over-preparedness is. It's done out of some type of nobility and you know, diligence and, and prudency. But when it comes down to the standard issue, what did God give you and what is he precisely telling you to do with it? We can't inject any other just-in-cases. God was requiring Gideon and his army to go to war with his standard issue, removing all hindrance to the precise coordinates of heaven that guide the ordinance of heaven. See, fighting to the death for what your pride and fear have produced is not trusting in the standard issue. It's having an issue with the standard. It's trusting in your own pride and strength to accomplish the mission. However, fighting to the death for what his word has directed you in is what gives you the precision by which you will accomplish God's will. It's a trust issue. Do you trust your own strength? Do you trust what you've already invested in ahead of hearing from God? Are you laying that aside to trust exactly what God has said? This looks like the single phrase that we read in the Gospels. Not my will, but yours be done. The perfect son of man had to come to this exact same conclusion. Be stripped of his strength. Be stripped of any investment of what things should look like. And what did our king do? He said, watch me. Watch me put my strength and pride aside. You know what that means? You husbands, you leaders of households, you need to have the attitude that says, watch me put aside my strength. Watch me put to death my pride. 
Why? It's the next step. It's follow. So that I can look at you and say, confidently, follow me. Follow my lead in putting to death away my strength and pride. We're going to do this together because it's not about an army of just one person. It's an army of one body and one kingdom and one spirit. And then there's the third step, the do. Do exactly what I do. When I am stripped of my pride, stripped of my strength, I can have an increasing level of confidence that not only just ask people to watch what I do, follow what I do, but I can look them dead in the eye and say, now you are capable of doing what I do. Come on now, that's a good word for us today. You got to put away the strength. You got to put away your own pride. In other words, that means when difficulties are there before you, you start loving it. Because you get to start practicing a little bit every day. When you don't have the finances you think, you go, Amen, this is a way for me to put aside my strength, put aside my own pride. I might even have to ask somebody for help. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Maybe a physical sickness you realize is an important piece for you to help put aside your own strength and your own pride. But then you get to do something important. You get to pick up the trumpet. Oh yeah. You get to pick up a trumpet, which is a hollowed-out animal horn. It is a hollowed-out animal horn. What is this like? When you get to put the trumpet in one hand, this is what you're taking up. You've put aside the strength, your own strength. You've put aside your own pride. Now it's time for you to pick up something. What do you have to pick up in your right hand? You have to pick up the call of God upon your life. Amen. You have to be able to walk. Amen. You have to be able to declare with a clarion, crystal clear call exactly what God has put in your hand to carry. What is it that you're supposed to be proclaiming? What is your mezuzah? What is your family banner yeah. that you are able to trumpet out? That you can start putting that thing to your lips and say, Hey, I'm going to tell you now, watch me. Watch me. This is what my life declares. Watch me, family. Come on, husbands. Are you just thinking about going out and preaching somewhere? Are you realizing that when you put the trumpet to your mouth, you're saying, watch me, family. This is what we've been called to do. This is what we will accomplish. This is precisely what God has for us. It's time for the men in this room to get more precise about your understanding of what you're supposed to be trumpeting forth. Pastor, I have a a general idea. We're talking about raising up pillars that are going to move out into their position. You're going to fortify the cities. You're going to grow in what God has for you. It's time. I'm saying watch me as I put it to my mouth. And this is what you should be doing and echoing inside of your own homes, man. Watch me. Watch this. I have the trumpet in my hand. This is what it's like. Then, you don't just watch. You follow my lead. Follow my lead, family. Follow my lead, church. This is what I'm doing. I'm not just saying it. I'm not just only the only one doing it. I'm now saying, follow me. Put this to your mouth. Learn how, learn what it feels like to make a sound out of this. Do you see how much air that it takes? Do you see how much breath of God has to come through you to this, to cause this calling to, to reverberate, to echo forth? Do you understand what it takes? Because you don't know that if you're just watching. It's true. You don't know what it feels like and how much breath that it takes to cause something like this to resound rightly. Until you start following my lead. Come on. 
Come on now, husbands. You've got to have your families that are reverberating exactly what you're doing. They've watched you. Boy, that's good. You've called them to watch you. But it's now time that they follow your lead. Husbands, are your wives able to follow your lead rightly? Are your kids following your lead rightly? Is it reverberating in them? Can you start to hear the echoes of what you've said in what your wife says? Do your prayers come out when you're hearing and talking to your children? Does that start to reverberate and echo in them? Then you know that they're beginning to follow your lead. Bringing your family with you. I'm so proud of many of the fathers in this room. Yeah. Taking their, their sons with them, taking their children with them everywhere that they go. You know why? Because they're saying, watch me and follow my lead. Come be what I am. Come be with me. But that's not even the best part yet. Come on. The best part yet is that you get to do exactly as I do. Amen. It's yeah. one thing to be an echo. <laughs> what does an echo mandate that someone else always start the sound? That someone else always decides when it's time. Come on. When you're doing exactly as I'm doing, you know what that means? That you're able to produce it and you know when to produce it. And you know why yeah. to produce it. Amen. And you know which call is for the important moment that's there. Are we doing short blasts to get people's attention? Are we doing a long blast to try to move people towards something? Husbands, are your wives able to do exactly as you do? Or have we said they're going to follow us, but we're so far out in front that they're not able to do exactly what we do? See, this is how you start getting precision in your armament. This is how you get precision in what the standard issue that God has given you. We need to get precision in our callings. It's time for some of you men to hear from the heavens and understand why God has put you on the planet. Yeah, I got a mezuzah. Yes, but where are you supposed to be using that? What country are you supposed to go to? How are you supposed to impact this church? We need to start walking in this and expanding this and finding out that it's not just enough to watch somebody else make the trumpet call. It's not even enough just to follow. You've got to be doing exactly what you're seeing in this place. Yes. I mean, I'm looking at men like Glenn. I know that God has got something so specific that as Glenn is hungry for this, as he's watching and learning to follow, he is going to be a man who can do exactly what he sees in the army around him. I am confident in that. I know it for a fact. The Lord has spoken it to me about that man. What about you today, church? Some of you have watched long enough. Man, I really like trumpets. Great. Then why don't you pick one up and start learning how to make a resonant sound on one? Yeah. Oh, you've done that? Then it's time for you to be able to do it exactly as the men before you have done it. This is the kind of standard issue that you're given. It's designed to amplify. It's designed to fulfill a call in your life that actually produces something right in the army because God gave us the coordinates and he's wanting to use you as an ordinance to to bring about his will on this earth. Say the Lord wants to use me. Every person in this room has a call. I can't help but think of Damien Francois when I think of trumpets. And here's exactly why. I remember giving him a word at the One Association Conference in Baton Rouge at King's Harvest. I told him the Lord is putting up to your lips a silver trumpet, a call for redemption to go out. 
It is Damien's responsibility to take confidence and action in grabbing that call, that trumpet, that mezuzah, that family banner, leading his whole family to lead others into the redemptive relationship with the King of Kings. But it's not just for Damien. God's put a trumpet in your hand and he's calling you to it. But a trumpet in the hand is not the complete or precise acquiring of God's standard issue. There's two more items. Remember, there was the empty jar and there was the torch and the fire. This was the standard issue that God gave Gideon his army and that God is giving us. The empty jar. It's emptied in order to be filled with fire. You cannot be filled with the fire of God if you are full of yourself. And just the physical properties of this. Fire needs oxygen to breathe. If there's any obstructions, any other contaminants, any other substance inside that jar, it cannot allow the torch or the fire of God to operate and breathe within it. Because it must be burning at all times, waiting for that jar to be crushed and revealed the power of God to the enemies of God. Humility is that empty jar. Because humility is the means by which you obtain the precise coordinates of heaven. By which you obtain the knowledge of when that fire is to be revealed at the precise moment of battle. See, he told all of his men, gave all of his men trumpets, empty jars, and torches. They put the torch inside the empty jar. But hold that position until you see me advance, break this jar, and shout. Second Corinthians 4, 7 parallels this. It says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. Why? To show that this all-surpassing Holy Ghost power is from God and not from us. There needs to be the attitude of watch me. Let God's word hollow out my heart. Forming it into an empty jar of humility and then filling it with the fire of God. One that is waiting to reveal it at the proper time. Didn't Jesus do that? That everywhere he went in his early years of ministry said, don't tell them that I am the Messiah. But he went about doing what his father told him to do. But it was only at the proper time that he would become broken and reveal the power of God to the world. And then his disciples, he echoed something very similar. He told them to wait in Jerusalem until they had been filled with dunamis power. Wait until you are filled with this torch and then you're going to be broken and it be revealed to the heavenly realms and to the nations. In addition to watch me, let God hollow out my heart. It's also follow my lead in being a hollow jar of humility filled with Holy Ghost fire. At this point now, you have the confidence to call others to follow you into that same level of humility. Because you are confident they can be filled with the same fire that you possess. How much confidence do you have to lay hands on someone else to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? If there's even a flinch within you, you need to rise up and obtain your standard issue. You need to gain the confidence that comes through humility before God and that the fire of God resides in you to a level you have no problem laying hands on other people to receive the exact same thing. 
God's called everyone in this body to have that capability. Thereby you are then doing exactly as I do. You are empowering everyone in your home. You're empowering everyone in this church. You are carrying the standard issue of being humble and filled with fire. Then you can stand confidently. Look at the disciples that God has given you and demand that they do exactly as you do. Because when you are at that place of confidence demanding that they do exactly as you do, they will do even greater works than you. What is our goal as pastors and elders? What is our goal in making disciples? We want you to do exponentially more than we could ever do. That's the only way that the kingdom of God gets advanced. Come on, let's turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, let's look at verse 30. Say standard issue when you get there. It says this. This is Jesus speaking. I will not say much more to you. I love that phrase. I think every parent has said that. to Look, I have nothing more to say to you. I've already said what I'm going to say. For the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. But he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Did you understand that that's why the prince of this world came? For Jesus to be able to show that he loves the Father so the entire cosmos can understand that Jesus loved the Father. And how did he prove it? Because he did exactly what he was Father had commanded him to do. Yeah. Come now, let us leave. Church, Jesus was unshakable in his confidence and direction because he had already received the exact, precise coordinates from his Father. He could see the outcome of a larger scale satanic attack and say with surety that the satanic attack would allow the cosmos to learn that he did precisely what his father commanded. See, Jesus was watching him from before creation began. He was following the desires that God had. And he did exactly what the father commanded. But there's something here that I want to get, I want to show you here. The last few words in this Verse says, come now. Somebody say now. now. Come now, let us leave. The time is now. Amen. Yeah. Understand what I'm saying to you. The time is now. I don't know if you can tell inside of your heart. I don't know if you can understand and feel what's going on, but I'm going to help you today and say, the time is now. Come now. Let's go ahead and get after what God has put us in us to do. There's no time for delay. There's no time for more consideration. There's no time. You already know what your standard issue is. It's time for you to move forward and achieve what God has put you here for. No more time for just talk. Goodness gracious. The Lord is going to remove people who are only about talk and not about action. As a matter of fact, he is. He's not just going to. He currently is. Yeah. Man, I want you to be a part of the 300. Amen. I want every man and woman in this room to go, wait, now. Now is the time for me to move forward. Now is the time for me to grow in my obedience. Now is the time to fortify what's already been done and to press forward with what God has given me. Now is the time for me to raise the trumpet. Now is the time yes. for me to have the torch in my other hand. It's now. What are you waiting for? 
How much longer will we wait? What more does God need to say to this church? What more does God need to give you personally? Uh, I guess it's just time for us to say, come now. Yeah. That what he is doing in us, that what he is trying to achieve, God is the kind of God who has a, he is the, the ultimate archer, timing the perfect shot for millennia. You think you're here because it's just your plan? You think he hadn't been working on you and your family for generations? You think you just showed up, right? No one else was praying before you. No one else. There was no actual spiritual warfare to try to keep you from and your family from being what they're supposed to be, right? It just showed up. No, because you're not thinking right. Our God has been working for generations. He's been working for millennia to get what he wants out of people. Yeah. And he's working for the generations. He's been working for generations, and he's working for generations. You think he's going to miss his shot with you? Not if you take it as now. Now if you say, no, 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 no. I see what you've given me. I'm going to walk in this now. Come on, young people. You're not going to wait till you get older. You're not going to wait till you hit some threshold. You're going to serve him wholeheartedly now with the standard issue that you've been given. I'm telling you, church. The time is now. The time is now. That's why we need precision. That's why we need to understand the standard issue. Because the time is now for us to move forward. The time is now for us to engage in the enemy. The time is now no longer just to watch. you got to at least be following if you're not even ready to do exactly what's been going on. The time is now. Somebody say now. Now. See, when you're filled with the drive to act now. That puts you in a position to constantly be looking to get precise coordinates. What do I need to do now? Not sitting back and waiting to be told what to do, pulled up out of your seat, but you're standing ready and at attention, looking to your commanding officer and saying, what do I do with the standard issue now? Let's go back to our text in Judges 7.18. Let's see exactly what Gideon told his men to do now. Judges 7.18 says this, when I... And all who are with me, blow our trumpets. Then from all around the camp, blow your trumpets as well and shout, For the Lord and for Gideon. I love this because this is what I think LCM is about. All who are with me, every member of your household, every member of LCM, it's not just the leaders. It's not just the small few. It's all of us. What kind of a group do we have when every man in this house stands up and says, I will blow my trumpet as well. I will have a clarion call on my purpose. It will be precise and I will watch you. I will follow your lead and I will do exactly what I see you doing. Well, that makes a powerhouse group. That makes a group that God can entrust with things that are for the generations. Church, do we have men in this house who will shout for the Lord, and for our disciple makers? Do we have men that are ready to go do exactly what we do? Do we have women in this house who will go do exactly what their husbands do? Oh, one more time, ladies. Ah, yeah, that's resounding, brother. That's resounding. See, they get to shout from all around the camp. 
Did you, under, did you catch that part? From all around the camp, from where you've been stationed, from your duty position, you get to call out and say the same thing that your leaders are doing. Everyone. There's no distinction between leaders and army in this case. There's no distinction because they're all required to do it equally. They've been given the same standard issue and they all must precisely do what Gideon is leading them in. But they're all required. Gideon can't blow 300 trumpets at one time. How in the world? You, your pastors, your elders, you can't do it one at a time. That's why God put us in the body. It's so that everyone is resounding. Everyone is reverberating. Amen. And then they get to shout, for the Lord and for Gideon. For the Lord. He's the one who brings the sword, but he does and he completes his victory through men of all types. For the Lord and for the men who he's called. For the Lord and the discipleship process that he's called me to. For the Lord and the victories that he will win through us. Come on now, that's the kind of shout. By the way, if you think about it, in Joshua 6, when they're marching around Jericho, do you know that they were able to also bring up a shout? Do you know that that shout was just a cry? The reason that they shouted was because the Lord had delivered the city into their hands. But their actual voice was just a shout. Ah! It's the word ruach there. It's just, it's just them having a loud noise. But look at the precision that's growing in God's people. Now it's not just a random loud shout. Now there's a purpose to the shouting. Now there's specificity and precision to the shouting. Now you got to shout for the Lord and for the discipleship process. You start understanding it because God dials you in. Why? Because you're operating with the standard issue that he's been given. And it's something precious. The preciousness is growing. growing. The precision is growing. The coordinates from heaven are launching the ordinances of heaven here in this passage. Oh, as a pastor... I have the opportunity with the leaders to observe your progress. I can look back from years ago when it was just a ruach, a, ah, to now there's something more precise coming out of your mouth for the Lord and for discipleship process. I love my church. There's a comparison. There's a healthy comparison. That we live in a transparent manner so that everyone can see your progress. They can see you upholding the standard issue and getting more precise as the years go by. But there's something I wanted to address in this understanding of standard issue, precision, and comparison. Let's go to John 21. We're going to read verse 20 through 23. Is everybody with us? Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You're off your cord. 
you're getting off of the standard issue and you're having an issue with the standard. He says, what is that to you? You must follow me. You know what happened right before this interaction? Jesus restores Peter. I mean, if you read in the text right above it, he's restoring Peter and telling him to feed my sheep. The Lord just gave Peter his precise coordinates of what his trumpet call would be. This is who you are. This is what you need to do. Why are you comparing your coordinates with someone else's? You all have the same standard issue. But now there's a means of comparison because there's something still not right within your heart, Peter. You see, whenever you are comparing coordinates of other people with your own, you are filled with a lack of precision because you don't know or understand God's will for your life. That's why you compare. It results in some of the most nasty, divisive, and destructive behavior in the kingdom. That's just from the simple idea, something that's a, a very harmless notion of, but what about them? What does their call look like? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to you if so-and-so gets married this year and you don't? What does it mean to you if they have children this year and you don't? What does it mean to you if they get sent out? They have these opportunities. They're growing in this area and you don't. This is something that we have to crucify in our hearts and minds in this church. Crucify comparison. It never allows you to get into the precise coordinates that God has for you. Comparison is not standard issue in the kingdom of God. But it's a major issue. It's a major issue that destroys. It causes defection. And it causes derailment of people's call. See, Jesus is directing his disciples on how to be precise. But Peter, he's wanting some further explanation, right? Isn't that what happens whenever we get precise coordinates from the Lord? I just need a little more explanation, Lord. How, how do I know how to relate to this call that you give me? I need to compare it to somebody else around me so that I know that I'm doing right. I just don't want to get it wrong. Fear of missing the target. But it's really birthed in a jealousy and insecurity. That's what we have to put to death. See, when we want from God more explanation than he has already given, it's a clear sign that we do not trust his ability to help us be precise. Lord, you've given me enough. When you don't trust what he's already given you and just want to get more detail, you're not trusting him. You're not operating the precise coordinates that he's already given you. Because see, nearly 40 days after this conversation took place with Peter and Jesus, Peter's filled with the Holy Ghost during Pentecost. God gave him his precise coordinates of his call. The trumpet was put in Peter's hand when he said, go feed my sheep. And what did Peter go and acquire at Pentecost? That torch, that fire of God that was housed in a jar of humility. It's at that point he stands up and addresses the crowd. And now at this moment, he is doing exactly what he saw and followed in Jesus. 
See, it was last Wednesday night that many of you guys experienced this same outpouring of His Spirit. Being refreshed and refilled with the fire of God. But the real question for the apostles and for you is now what? Now what that you have the call made clear? Now what that the fire and the power of God is filling you and refreshing you? What do we do with it? We need his precise coordinates. We need to adhere to his standard issue. And that requires a constant dependency and a crushing of comparison. Think about that constant dependency. I'll just read this to you. Hebrews 1 and verse 3. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty in heaven. Do you see Jesus is the exact representation of the father? Well, we all know that. That's the easy part. He's the son. He's the exact representation. Yes, and you're supposed to be the exact representation of him. There's no need for comparison in your heart. There's no need for these other things. But these are the, all the mechanisms of our human nature. Why is that not fair? Why is this? Why do they get that? Yes, those are all the things that will keep you cloudy. It will keep you hating your standard issue because you think it's different than someone else's. What's different is how well you're watching and following the lead and doing exactly what someone else is doing. Amen. We have a good commander. Yeah, we do. He is so good to us. He has already given you what you need, but you have to become the exact representation of Jesus because he is the exact representation of God. Turn with us back to Judges 7 as we begin to conclude our time with you today. Judges 7 and look at verse 20. The three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars. Grasping the torches in their left hands and holding in their right hands the trumpets that they were to blow. They shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. There's an added word to that shouted phrase. It's sword. What they were commanded was for the Lord and for Gideon. But you see, now, having fully attained and confident in the standard issue of the trumpet and of the torch and empty jar, they do have the sword. They have the sword of God on their side. They're completely stripped of their own strength and their own pride. They're only depending on the power and the call of God within them, and that ensures victory. See, these 300 men, they were chosen, selected by God. And all of them had a call. All of them had humility. All of them had the possession of the fire of God. But it wasn't just enough to have a trumpet, a torch, and an empty jar. Each soldier at the commanding officer's timing, he had to break that empty jar when going into battle. See, I think of doing great things for God 
But one thing I never consider in those moments in my mind is that it first requires me to be broken before the Lord. Let's all stand to our feet. As this word is addressing your heart, not somebody else's, your heart. In the same manner that in the left hands they possessed torches, in the right hand they possessed the trumpet. I'd like to open up the altar to my left for something very precise. This isn't a general altar call. Very precise. If comparison of coordinates has been getting you repeatedly off course, I mean comparison of coordinates with those in this church, now's the time to crucify this. It's time to put it to death. We can't have that in our house. We want everybody's hearts to be purified of competition in comparison we are the solution for each other and no one can take your place God designed it on my right the trumpet call of God in your life if you need precise coordinates for what you need to do next in your trumpet call of God You'll come to my right and we will pray for you. We'll pray with you. I want to let you know up front, if there's any generalities, we're going to turn you back around and probably send you to this side of the altar. We don't want generalities. We'll want precise coordinates is what you're looking for. I need a decision about this very next step and I don't know. I'm stuck. I need help. I need to know precisely what you want me to do about this event in this next major move so as i pray i want you to make your way and let's rise from this with the confidence to do exactly what our king does jesus we thank you for your word we thank you for your spirit we ask that you move upon our hearts and our minds help us help us mighty god see clearly Lord, see precisely who we are standing before you. Help us have honest assessment of what we need from you and your standard issue. Lord, help us precisely address comparison in our heart. Help us rightly acquire your precise coordinates of our call. Lord, that we can grow into the body that we are called to be. Men and women of God, confidently doing what we see you do. In Jesus' name.